Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Yeah, last time I checked, I still that got it, did it on my own, stay independent. For you to get what I'm getting, it will probably take a village on. Uh. Just give me a minute, turn a snippet to a hit, and now they own a percentage, but I'm only paying visits on. Uh. Big dog, hit them with thick thumbs and a quick draw. Hit boss, if they ain't playing, they getting kicked off. Jigsaw, I got them puzzled, got them a bit lost. It's a feeding frenzy, I put a beat in a pig trough. Mm, got it on lock, got the password. Type of thing you couldn't manufacture. 10,000 hours got it mastered. Can't you see the patterns? Last time I checked, I'm still hot. Real hot. Kept it dope without a pill pop. Hey, welcome back. Nine o'clock hour. Best school in the morning. Jay Binkley. JT Noah produced the operation. Uh, Kansas last night. Did you watch the bowl game? Guaranteed rate bowl. I know we started off uh, talking about it a little bit this morning. Frustrated me. Again, great win for Kansas. The officials are what screwed the whole thing up. 18 penalties, 216 yards. Like, you don't expect that the guaranteed rate bowl, right? Not at all. I mean, it's great that uh, Devin Neal's coming back for Kansas. Kansas got some things going, man. They're redoing that stadium right now as we speak. They got some things building up, and they're building a program, and they just keep, you know, hammering other teams. They hammered Barry Odom and UNLV last night. But, again, 315 penalty yards, 27 penalties, uh, between the two teams, um, that kind of took the fun out of the game. It did. And I'm a casual observer. I'm not a Kansas fan whatsoever, of course. But 27 penalties, four personal fouls, all against KU. Um, four unsportsmanlike uh, conducts against UNLV, two against KU. Um, this is the funny part. KU had just 55 penalties, second fewest in the Big 12. Number 14 nationally. Number 14 nationally. Um so 55 total penalties, 18 last night. Again, I don't think it was K. I just think it was uh, officials that could not stop blowing the whistle and being the real show. That was a problem. I'm sure other Kansas fans uh, were frustrated at the game. Uh, Jason Bean, credit him, you know, for staying at Kansas, first of all, being the backup, never complained, did his job. Those six touchdown passes, three for 449 yards. They did. What's amazing is, the UNLV still found a way to lose to a team that had 18 penalties, 216 yards, and had three interceptions because they, they just did throw the three picks. Well, they also gave up six touchdowns to Jason Bean. Three went to Lou Grimm of, Luke Grimm of, of Ray Peck, Ray and Day. then Ar- uh, Arnold. I mean, it's just insane. You gave up six touchdowns. One guy threw six. Then only two wide receivers caught him, three to three. I mean, like UNLV's defense was not good at all. And I get it. They're not in a Power 5 school. They're not a Power 5 school. But still, like, everything was going right for UNLV, and they still found a way to lose by double digits. But as Kansas, they, they have to be pleased with the program's going. These pass catchers coming back next year. Uh, Form do lose Fairchild this year. But the running back, you had Devin Neal coming back. So things are good for Kansas right now. 
Yeah, you you got to think they're going good. I bet Rob and Alex Gold are happy. Oh, Gold's probably nuts. And by the way, Gold's at the uh, new sports right book exactly. At so he's he's all happy today, man. Kansas gets their first bowl win since two thousand and eight. Uh, I will say this: I'm not a Kansas fan, but their black uniforms—I know they didn't wear them last night. Their black uniforms are clean, with the all black and the black helmet. I I love their all black uniform with the black helmet. I'm just glad they're going to play Missouri in football again. Well, yeah, I know. I can't wait to two beat years them. and then have a what a six year separation and not play till 31, 32. Crazy. They're playing 25, 26, isn't it? Yeah. It's 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 wild. The basketball have gotten things going, and now it's finally time for the football to get going again. And you you can be good in both. That's the one thing that's uh, been proven out there. You can be good in both sports. We've certainly seen the rise of Duke football as well. What would you say the best school is for being good at both right now? Is being good at both football and basketball? Uh, that's a good one. I mean, North Carolina has been that way. Oklahoma has gone to the Final Four and been good at football. Well, I was about to say Alabama time. lately has been pretty good at Bama, basketball. Bama has been the same way. They've been they've been, they've proved that you can be good in both. Uh, Arizona, if their football can get going. Arizona's had well, football's a, turned around. That's Jim what Fish I'm saying. Yeah, if they can get that, that uh, football going, man, <sighs> that's tough. Cause I I, I just don't know. I guess I would say this. You want to hear something crazy? I'll take LSU's football and LSU women's basketball. <laughs> there do. you go. All right. It was Illinois, but their their football team took a huge step back this year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Year. The old Tommy DeVito quarterback. Oh, Illinois yeah, Tommy. But Kansas, you know, number two in the nation in basketball. They win the uh, they win a bowl game. Arizona fourth. You mentioned Arizona. Their, their football team, they're going to be in the Alamo Bowl coming up against Oklahoma in that situation, Kentucky, North Carolina, you can be good in, in both sports. And it's kind of the way things are going. It's revenue. Ole Miss, their ranked team in basketball. Oh, yeah. Ole Miss has got their basketball going again this year because yeah, they 24th. went and got uh, Texas Tech's head coach. They're undefeated. Yeah, I know. So they've turned around their basketball. You talked about the Oklahoma-Arizona bowl game. That game, I can't wait to watch. The over-under at that game right now, 65 points. It is going to be a fireworks show as long as the officials stay out of it. Kansas State tomorrow night, the uh, first game ever, bowl game ever for Kansas State in the state of Florida, the Pop-Tarts Bowl against North Carolina State. It'll be the uh, first bowl to have a eatable mascot. Yeah, and you're worried about the, the WAS problem. No, it's, all right, so this man, man or woman, I don't know which one's going to be the Pop-Tart, is going to be running around. In an edible mascot costume, it's a giant pop tour, right? First of all, how are you gonna how are they gonna make that into a costume? But I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see the pop tart bowl. I want to know what flavor it is. I'd say strawberry, probably. I think it should be if if NC State wins strawberry, if the Wildcats win, go blueberry. Do you even eat pop tarts anymore? I can't uh, even tell you the last time I did. I eat the s'mores ones, but it's a very rare occasion. I do like the fact that these uh, bowl games, they will, they go into what the, you know, kind of the sponsors, the Cheez-It Bowl. They dump Cheez-Its on the coach instead of water. I mean, I'd love that as a coach, getting Cheez-Its dumped on me instead of water. What about mayo? <laughs> the Duke's Mayo Bowl, they uh, would slam the mayo after the game. But the Pop-Tart, they want the winning team 
to eat the uh, live mascot. Well, did you also see the trophy? It has two slots yeah, for Pop Tarts. Yeah. But again, winning team gets to eat the mascot. But is the mascot going to change into a fresh Pop Tart at the end of the game? Because do you really want a three and a half hour Pop Tart live mascot is the one being eaten? Like, wow, how sanitary is that? Considering he's been up at the fans with the stands, the Pop-Tart has. At some point, the Pop-Tarts had to go to the bathroom. So maybe they have another suit that is just sitting in the back that's edible to eat. And the one the guy's wearing is not edible. I mean, what do you do? I I remember one year at the Astros, their snow cone guy, it's funny, he made this way on Twitter, had set the snow cones down in the bathroom. He went there and took a dump, right? He's in there. Like, what's the Pop-Tart guy do with the mascot? suit while he goes to the bathroom because you know after three and a half hours probably goes but think about all the people touching the pop tart and everything else yeah you're making me second guess everything i was excited about thank you i mean after saying all this i'd probably still eat the pop tart i'd still want to you know i mean you are the one that takes your first date to the gas station so i'd still want to be part of it anyway kansas state at 445 so a little bit earlier kickoff than the one last night at eight o'clock and if you stayed up late to watch it like i did 18 penalties, 216 yards. Once again, we saw the officials try to be the show, and it's embarrassing to happen in a guaranteed rate bowl game because it wasn't a playoff game. It didn't matter, and you're telling me all those penalties were actually penalties. There's no way in hell UNLV in Kansas, 27 penalties. I mean, it's granted that does happen. You could probably uh, do that with every game, but you don't do it. You don't become the show. Hell, I didn't even know what some of the things were called because the the ref's mic didn't work sometimes. Yeah, they, they I was, the memes good. on Twitter were insane when I woke up this morning. Oh, there's a flag. What's the call? We don't know because he doesn't know how to turn his mic on. Well, 816 says they will have it in the package for the game, then they will open. I don't know. I haven't heard that really. Have you? I have not. I keep hearing about uh, the Pop-Tart being a li- uh, the mascot being eaten. So will they change it? Probably. It would make more sense to change it. All the stories will Pop-Tarts Bowl will feature the first edible mascot, real Pop-Tarts trophy. So that's what I was trying to tell you is like the guy that's wearing the costume isn't the one that's going to be eaten. Because how would it feel if there's a guy in this costume and people are just coming up and taking bites out of him? Like, I feel like there's an edible mascot if they're not going to eat the mascot. What I'm saying is the mascot, there's another mascot like so. The mascot at the end of the game will go change into a fresher one that can be eaten. Oh, and by the way, you can bet and wager on what's going to be dumped on the winning coach's head. Pop-Tarts, obviously. So uh, Pop-Tarts will unveil uh, an edible mascot in celebration of the first ever Pop-Tarts Bowl, uh, the brand said. Um, It's the first of its kind. The Pop-Tarts Bowl mascot will interact with the crowd during the game. But by the time the final whistle blows, the toaster pastry character will transform into a snack for the victorious team to feast on. See, I think what's going to happen is at the end of the game, it's going to be a toasted one. Whoa. So he's going to change into it. So he's obviously going to be in some kind of costume during the game, and they're going to change it. So you're not going to be eating the Pop-Tart that's been running all around the stands. I wonder if fans at the game will get free Pop-Tarts as well. I don't know. Kind of been sold that, right? I, would, I mean, you got to sell them at the concession stand at least. Even Tampa Bay uh, Times, they said the uh, um, the creation, whether it's heated or not, 
says uh, we don't know the flavor either. I, I bet, I bet I you bet can bet, bet on the flavor. What we'll to ask Alex Gould if you can bet because he'll be coming on tomorrow for the uh, a gambling segment that he does each and every Thursday. Yeah, it'll be tonight. Says uh, the Pop Tarts Bowl edible mascot will be the size of a typical college football mascot. It'll be pretty big. Will it be heated up before consumption? You'll have to wait until game day to find out. Stay tuned. Well, that's not nice. Here's my question. Finally, what sanitary precautions will be in place leading up to the uh, feast? The safety of attendees is our top priorities, Pop-Tart said. Um, Following uh, protocols and guidelines in developing the edible mascot for the Pop-Tarts Bowl. So I assume the mascot will change into a fresh Pop-Tart. Then he will have to get out of the costume probably because the team's going to be throwing that thing all around and everything. Yeah, they'll just pick him up and throw him around and take bites out of him. But that, uh, that's what I'm saying. I bet it's going to be like one at the beginning of the game where you just open up the package and there is a fresh Pop-Tart. And then at the end of the game, it's going to look like it was toasted and heated up. Do you toasters and when you ate yours, do you toasters in a microwave or a toaster? Well, I don't eat Pop-Torts. Well, so when you did, I'm saying. I, I think I threw them in a toaster. Okay, I'm a microwave guy. I can't even tell you when the last time I had a Pop-Tart was. Did you know on the box you could... This is brilliant, by the way. This is brilliant. Oh, it's very brilliant. To have a a bowl, because we're actually talking about... Well, even if Kansas State's in it, obviously, so you're going to talk about it, because we'll carry the game right here on 610 Sports Radio. But I'm sure they're talking about it in other places. I'd still talk about it, even if Kansas State wasn't in it. Yeah, I I mean, I think we should, if they weren't. Did you know you could freeze them? That's one of the suggestions, is to freeze a Pop-Tart for 20 minutes before eating it? Like, What? Hmm. Hmm. 816 says s'mores, wild berry, or frosted cherry. S'mores all day, baby. That actually sounds interesting. Like that's that's one I'd probably go with. But do you, some people just eat them cold. Yeah, I mean sometimes I just eat them straight out of the box. Well, this is brilliant because one thing we've seen with these bowl games. And keep in mind, it, it's a combination. It, it's really to uh, enhance your team for next year to find out what you got. It's like Kansas State going with Avery Johnson. You know, Will Howard's gone. Uh, you see, Malik Murphy started games for Texas years, actually hit the transfer portal before they even play a bowl game. Tate Rodemaker of Florida State, who's going to be the starter for the Seminoles, he's gone. He's transfer portal. He's out. So we have the transfer portal going on the same time as the bowl time. You have teams out sitting out for two and three weeks. Guys are sitting out for the NFL draft. You don't know what you're going to get when you get to the bowl game. But one thing that's, <laughs> that they've done a decent job with is make every game big at the end. You notice that? The, the Gronk even had a bowl. The L.A. Bowl was sponsored by Gronk. Not that Gronk probably spending money on it, but they had Gronk as their – they used to have Jimmy Kimmel, I guess, and it was Gronk. And so Gronk was there giving out the trophy. But they made a big deal, and the confetti coming down – it's kind of weird. You have to sit back sometimes and say, all right, these kids are enjoying this. Like, they're really enjoying this. The school's enjoying this. So I'm good with it. But seeing the confetti fall in teams celebrate, you know, six win teams or six loss teams celebrating a bowl win. But it does matter. Like, it will matter to Missouri if they can beat Ohio State because when it's all said and done, it'll be on their wall. You know, as you walk through the uh, athletic complex, they'll say win over Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. And yeah, they'll enjoy stuff like that. It's one of those things that uh, you sit back and enjoy. But I do like this week in bowl game, bowl week, they used to really build this thing up and make it fun. But there are good football games each and every night. I, I'm going to miss it. 
So I, I love the college football bowl season, as silly as it sounds, because these games, again, take them with a grain of salt because it's basically development, getting extra practice uh, for your team. So let's be honest. Unless you're in the playoffs. You're taking 82 teams out of 133. So you're honestly almost getting to the point where it's everybody gets a trophy. That is 61% of all college teams make a bowl game. Because we see, we've seen coaches even get the bowl games and get fired. Like, it's lost its luster, but at least it's football on. You know, at least there's some kind of football on uh, to enjoy. I enjoyed the FCS playoffs going through it, to be honest with you. Watching Montana and North Dakota State, and what a great game that was between them. But I actually enjoy uh, those type of games. D2 games already been played. Had the NFL starting to sneak in on Saturdays, which is always a good thing. The three games you had last Saturday. Like, again, the NFL is starting to dominate everything. Because there's meaningful games on, yet, you know, FCS playoffs or whatever, but yet they're still going. We have to wait till January 7th, that Sunday, for the uh, 1AA title game between Montana and South Dakota State. Again, it's football. I like watching it. So why not? Anyway, we'll take a timeout. We come back. Start looking at this AFC picture, the playoff picture, and ask yourself a real important question. Are the Chiefs better than these opponents? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, if we say so, then we say so, cause we with it. If we lay low, then we lay low, cause we chillin'. Everybody gotta say that ball, even when the castle's about to fall. Yeah, yeah. If we say so, then we say so, cause we with it. If we lay low, then we lay low, cause we chillin'. Everybody gotta say that ball, even when the castle's about to fall. Yeah, yeah. Hey, welcome back. Jay Binkley, JT Noah, producing the operation. We'll go out to uh, Baltimore in a little bit because I am curious to hear uh, from Jonas Schaefer, who covers the uh, Baltimore Ravens inside now, just how good is this team going forward? Because right now they sit at the number one seed, 12 wins. Uh, I think they're the best team in football. Um, you know, they, they had a chance to play San Francisco, find out who's the best one. They go on the road. They beat the 49ers. Yeah, it's been the toughest schedule. Been talking about the last two or three weeks that Baltimore uh, had the toughest schedule uh, going forward, and we'll see if they can continue it. Baltimore's uh, schedule is still not easy going forward, but they've got a nasty defense, got a nasty offense. Again, they're fourth in scoring offense, number one in scoring defense. They're, they're good at both. The number, Miami Dolphins, number two seed. 
which in the wild card games, they'd face the seventh seed, which right now at the season of the day, it's the Colts at the Dolphins. Again, subject to change, still two weeks to go. Six seed Bills at the three seed Chiefs. Of course, a lot of things are still in play uh, for Buffalo. If they went out, have Miami lose out, can they still win the division? Everything's on the table. And then the fifth seed, Cleveland Browns at the fourth seed, Jacksonville Jaguars. I have to like Cleveland there. I mean, and Joe Flacco, that defense there, Joe Flacco's like a reincarnation of the old Joe Flacco. It's a solid football team. Jacksonville's lost four straight. Christian Kirk has uh, been a uh, big miss uh, for the uh, Jags not having him. But uh, none of these teams, uh, I would think, looking at any of them, all of them would have a good chance to beat the Chiefs. I, I don't think there's one team on here that you look and say, all right, if the season of the day, would you worry about the Colts? You always worry about the Colts because the uh, Chiefs and the Colts now they got the uh, the they got a chance to knock the Colts out of the playoffs before, but we know through history wise, whenever the Colts uh, see the Chiefs uh, in the postseason, that's a term for concern. The NFC, the one seed is Frisco, second is Philly, which they would play the Seahawks at the season end of the day, and then the the uh, Rams would be the sixth seed. They'd face the number three seed, Detroit Lions. Um, then, of course, Dallas, the fifth seed, would play at Tampa Bay, the fourth seed. And, of course, this is all going to change uh, many times over as we go through the final two weeks of the season, which the final two weeks of the season for the NFL is incredible. And that final week is going to still be incredible. Um, figuring out where teams are going to play, the time the game is going to be set, it's uh, a ton of fun. But is there one team on here besides the Ravens that you say to worry about in the AFC, JT, because I'm going to go the Buffalo Bills. But again, I don't. the Buffalo Bills have been so up and down. They look like world beaters. They did against the Cowboys. And then they go ahead that game like they did against the Chargers where they barely won. I'm going to go with a team that I'm banking on making the postseason. Right now, they're in, but their quarterback has to get healthy. I'm going to go Houston. I think Houston could be sneaky good. Oh, they're not in right now. They're not in right they're now? They're not in right now. Okay. But if they get in, they would be my sneaky team because of C.J. Stroud. Now, obviously, it depends on if he can get healthy. Now, if a t- if we're going with a team that's in right now. I mean, they're 8-7, and seven, just like Jacksonville and just like Indy, but so anything can happen. But if we're going with teams that are in right now, then it, it would be it would either be Buffalo. I I would go Buffalo just because I trust Josh Allen more than I do Joe Flacco. To win big, like not to win big games, but because of just Josh Allen, and I feel like Joe Flacco's got to come back down to earth sooner than later. And Cleveland's in the Browns' schedule, and really a surprise season because you think Sean Watson was supposed to be the guy there, but they finish with the Jets and then at Cincinnati, and you know Cincinnati struggle against the Browns, so it's right there in front of them. Buffalo can still do things as well. We'll talk to Buffalo uh, tomorrow as far as uh, um, what they got going for them. But Buffalo is one of those teams that I've liked, not liked, liked more, started to like again, and then backed off. I mean, they lose the Jets that opening week. It's like, all right, they just lost to a team where Aaron Rodgers played, what, one play? And Zach Wilson had Four to Four snaps. Him. 
Then they win three straight. All right, all right, they beat the Raiders, they beat the Commanders, beat the Dolphins. They destroyed the Dolphins. When just beat them, they beat them 48 to 20. Then they lose to Jacksonville over in London. All right, and everybody's liking the Jaguars. Jaguars uh, started to get the run. Great game against the Giants. They win 14 to 9. They lose to the Patriots, beat the Bucs, lose to the Bengals and Broncos. And then you say, all right, what's going on with, with uh, Buffalo? Because now they're 5-5 uh, five and five after losing to Denver. Then they go on that stretch with the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and then it comes down to the wire against the Chargers. So they've been up and down. They have. I mean, they got the quotient. They're good on offense, scoring offense. They're good on scoring defense. You got Josh Allen, the quarterback. But, again, they're so up and down. We'll get the, uh, the skinny from the Buffalo Bills uh, coming up tomorrow. But coming up next, how good are the Baltimore Ravens? How much do we fear this team in the AFC? Is this the new team in the AFC to fear? We'll go out to Baltimore next. Hey, look, I got a moving in tandem. Militant, how I'm advancing. Hold the baton. JT Noah producing the operation. Time to talk... Uh, Little AFC playoff picture with the team that I feel is the best team in the National Football League, the Baltimore Ravens, by the way, which uh, OptiStats put out this week. They have seven wins now by 14-plus points this season. All those opponents are above 500. Houston, Cleveland, Detroit, Seattle, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and Frisco. No NFL team in history has more than five regular season wins by 14-plus. It's been an unbelievable run uh, for a, a team uh, the Baltimore Ravens joining us now. His name, Jonas Schaefer, my good friend, who actually we talked uh, back during the Orlando Brown trade quite a bit because both of us couldn't figure out why it happened. Back when he was at the Baltimore Sun, now he's at the Baltimore Banner. Good morning, Jonas. Jay, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, man. Good to hear from you again. You know, that was funny, man. I'll never forget that. You and I were talking, I think it was a Friday night. You'd come on the show and we were talking about how the, there's no way hey, these people have been texting in about Orlando Brown. Is there any way this is going to happen? And I don't think either of us thought this would happen. Then all of a sudden it did. And so you came back on Sunday morning and I appreciate it. Yeah, that was something. And now it's hard to believe that he won a Super Bowl and is now on a completely different team. Uh, yeah, he wasn't the best. And a lot of people, you know, looked at the Orlando Brown deal and, you know, weren't wild about it, uh, even though they, I mean, they had no other options. Like, there was no other options. I'm surprised Baltimore did it, to be honest with you. I think we both were. Uh, they didn't end up getting picked 58 in the draft, which turned into Nick Bolton. But um, I don't think Baltimore's going to do any more deals with the Chiefs. And why would they? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, definitely not in the foreseeable future, unless it's like a seventh round pick or something. I think they're. As long as those two teams are in the championship window, it's probably going to be hands-off for a little while. Well, how do you feel? In, how do the teams in, in Baltimore feel now? Because they were getting so close with the Chiefs there for a while. And when uh, Lamar Jackson beat Mahomes a couple of years ago, it was like then all of a sudden the injuries started really affecting Baltimore. And Baltimore was the team that I thought out of the teams last year, I know they made the playoffs last year, so not a huge surprise. I thought Baltimore was going to be the best team uh, to look out for you put them up there on that top tier uh, with the chiefs. I thought don't for, don't sleep on the Ravens. If this team is healthy, they've got a coach that's won a world championship. They've got an MVP, a quarterback. Are you surprised at all with how good they've played this year? Yes. Yes. And no. Um, I, I think I expected the defense to be legit, but you know, there is so much variance from year to year for defenses that the Ravens were, Elite last year, um, but they, they lost some of that pass rush. And 
you know, you wondered how Jadevian Clowney would, would uh, you know, hang up in year whatever this is for him. You know, you, you wondered uh, who would replace Marcus Peters out wide. Um, and you can have a really good defense or a lot of really talented players on defense and still not be an elite unit because you just don't have that stabilizing force like a quarterback on, on that side of the ball. So for them to be top two good and, you know, in a normal season, top one good has been really, really impressive. And, you know, on offense, there was obviously and still is the Lamar Jackson injury question. He's done incredibly well to stay upright, to stay healthy, to not miss any snaps because of injury. But there was also just a matter of this was a totally new offensive system. They moved on from Greg Roman, brought in Todd Munkin, and, and you wondered how much of a learning curve there would be. Uh, I, I think still the on structures, the in-structure stuff, the you know in-rhythm stuff is not all the way totally there yet. But the run game can be a little bit hit or miss. But, um, you know, Lamar, if he's going to win this MVP, it's because of the stuff that he does on these second and third plays within the actual play call that was uh, designed and called for by Todd Munkin. So uh, he is the ultimate security blanket. And you put all that together with a, a top five special teams and just a really good coaching staff. And you've got a really, really impressive uh, number one seed in the AFC potentially. Yeah, and they're still able to run the football. They're number one in the NFL in running the football by about 200 yards. 2395 they have this year. Now the record was set by Baltimore, 32 was it 32-97 a few years ago? But dominant ground game, does that surprise you at all without Dobbins? The fact that they'd be yeah, sitting and there? Yeah, not just – yeah, yeah, and not just Dobbins, but you know, Keith Mitchell is unfortunately done for the year. He was a, you know, averaging something mm-hmm. like eight or nine yards per carry, just a real, real impressive spark plug. And then the offensive line, um, you know, good, solid interior, but Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle, has been banged up, you know, playing with uh, – not totally healthy he uh, not totally healthy knee not totally healthy ankle Morgan Moses on the right side also you know maybe dealing with a shoulder or pec injury um you know they, they've had to work on it a little bit of a rotation so you have games like two weeks ago where they run for 250 yards they can say really really stout Jaguars run defense and then they go into uh San Francisco on Monday and I know you know the 49ers don't allow a whole lot of yards but I think a lot of that is because they're up 20, 20 points on teams in the fourth quarter, and they don't have to worry about facing that. So, uh, you know, frankly, I would have liked to see the Ravens be a little bit more efficient, a little bit more successful uh, on the ground against the 49ers. But it doesn't matter because the, the stuff that Lamar can do as a scrambler, uh, stuff that he can do, uh, you know, like I said, outside the pocket to extend plays and give guys an opportunity downfield, uh, you know, pays for itself in the long run. That seemed to be a uh... – Upset team that year. I, I I thought it was uh, yeah. well. We do these things called uh, the All Thirty Two and the uh, with the show that comes on after me and looking at the Baltimore and I was like, if I'm Baltimore, I'm mad. What are what five and a half point underdogs? They were getting no respect. I think the Ravens took it as no respect, and then they went out and did what they always do is they go out to beat people up. I mean, how many quarterbacks has this team run this year? It's it's a lot. I think I was doing the math yesterday, and they faced fourteen different starting quarterbacks this year and they've I don't want to say hurt but <laughs> hurt six of them you know uh, not every one of those guys that has missed uh, time in a game like Deshaun Watson freaking fractured the shoulder and was still healthy enough still competent enough to to lead the Browns to that last win uh, over the Ravens the last loss the Ravens took I think in the week 10 it was you know uh, Justin Herbert seemed like he hurt his arm a little bit in that primetime game he played through it you know had a, a solid enough game but you know, they, they land Brock Purdy on the on the sideline with a stinger. 
Uh, they messed up Joe Burrow, messed up Ryan Tannehill. It is a really, really ferocious, tenacious pass rush. And, you know, I don't need to tell you that a lot of these quarterbacks are not built to withstand repeated body, you know, repeated body blows. And with as often as the Ravens pass rush gets home, they lead the NFL in sacks. You know, you are really playing with fire. if You can't protect your quarterback. And the Ravens do such a good job with, you know, tying their coverage to their pass rush that it, it really does become a difficult proposition to, to get the ball out on the first or second read. And then you're just hanging out, the, uh, hanging out the guy to dry. Uh, if, if you if he doesn't have the wheels to escape some of the the heat that the Ravens can bring off the edge well, and in the middle as well. Yeah, it's it's one thing about the Chiefs. The Chiefs and Ravens are one and two in the league in points against, and the Ravens defense, you know, is playing uh, like great Ravens defense of the past. And this offense is ridiculous. I mean, they're what fourth in scoring offense, one in scoring defense, incredible numbers uh, all around, which makes them a, a great football team. But let me ask you this, Jonas. What's kind of been, I'm always kind of curious about a team's focus. Like coming into this year, it, is it still looking at the Chiefs? They still look at the Chiefs. All right, five times they've been in the AFC title game. Is it still them, or have they been more concentrating on Joe Burrow and the Bengals? Now that Burrow's hurt, doesn't matter as much. But the Bengals, the Browns now have become a threat. Are they more worried about the division, or do they have their eyes on the Chiefs? That's a great question. Um, we we haven't done a lot of you know big picture who were you most looking forward to playing in the playoffs type of questions i mean i think obviously this past week was all about the 49ers because as you mentioned the disrespect the point spread you know the ravens felt like they'd been anointed kings of the nfl so that was the the team du jour if you would i think that the team that was on the top of their hit list coming into the season was probably cincinnati because they were the two-time division champions and you know you can't take care of the asc unless you take care of business at home in the division. So I think there was a lot of joy in sweeping the Bengals, but uh, it's a great, great question. Um, once we get to the playoffs, I imagine that the Ravens, if they do happen to face the, the Chiefs uh, in the playoffs, that there would be, um, you know, even if Vegas probably would make the Ravens favorites, oh, yeah. I think there would still be that, uh, that, you know, desire to, to feel like an underdog because of Patrick Mahomes, because of the Super Bowls, because of the Ravens lack of success in the playoffs and the Chiefs, abundance of success in the playoffs recently. Uh, so, so that is a, a good good question. But uh, I think with Roquan Smith, Lamar Jackson, these guys are just laser focused on the task at hand. And I don't think they ever get too, you know, uh, you know, fantastical and just how far ahead they're looking. It's always the next game up, next team up. Yeah, and certainly, you know, you know, fans in this town with the Chiefs, they, you know, it happens in the NFL. It happens. There's still a third seed, though. Despite all the the happens, there's still the fourth, know, uh, number four passing offense in the league. Strangely enough, I mean, these these numbers are weird because we we see it with your own eyes. They're having many many issues. But what, what do the Ravens think and the fans think of the Chiefs? Are they still in the in the mindset, or is it, you know, worried about Buffalo at this point, or? You know, as you look forward to the playoffs, you think, right, who's hot at the right time? I mean, obviously, Jacksonville's going the wrong way. I mean, who in the AFC do they look at and think of, all right, this is who we need to beat. This is the biggest threat. Uh, like I said, I couldn't give you a, you know, a temperature reading on the locker room for, for who they want to or who they don't want to face. I will say the, uh, the biggest curiosity uh, in Baltimore right now, as far as opponents, it's probably the Browns because really? of one Joe Flacco being the guy leading the charge there. You know, he is, uh, like I said, that was the last team to beat the Ravens. They did it in Baltimore with an injured uh, Deshaun Watson. That defense is 
maybe the only thing in the NFL that's better than the Ravens. They're number one in DVOA. The Ravens are number two. Um, you know, that they, they have the drop back passing game right now with Joe Flacco and Mari Cooper to really threaten teams. I mean, I didn't expect them to blow out a team as well coached as the Texans, but they, they made it look like, you know, it was just a, a jog in the park for them. So uh, there is that possibility of, you know, the Chiefs, or excuse me, of the, of the Browns being in that four or five game. And if the Ravens are the one seed and the Browns win, well, then Joe Flacco is coming back to Baltimore for a chance to uh, keep the Ravens out of the AFC Championship game. And man, uh, that story just kind of writes itself. And I, I think of Joe Flacco in that Ravens team. And the funny thing was, is, you know, as good as the Ravens defenses have been in the past, I do feel that the last Ravens title was because of Joe Flacco in the postseason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was the, one of the greatest runs of postseason history. What, like 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He obviously had the incredible mile-high miracle in Denver. I mean, there's no shortage of, of love for, for Joe Flacco in Baltimore, but uh, Lamar is the, uh, is the man of the moment right now, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if, if anyone dares bear their, uh, their Joe Flacco to Jersey if indeed Cleveland comes to Baltimore for that playoff game. Lamar's been fun to watch. Um, I know he took the uh, Florio comments personally, and I, I love <laughs> I love when quarterbacks do that. I love when they find you know extra motivation because they all do it, and it's great, and I like when they do it. But Lamar Jackson now, the uh, odds-on favorite for the uh, league MVP, uh, it's going to be interesting down the stretch because Tua, with who he's playing, has a chance to put his name up there. Lamar Jackson certainly. Can Josh Allen come from the uh, – from great odds right now on Josh Allen in winning, or does Lamar have his second MVP at the end of the year? I think it really just comes down to Sunday uh, that they are they're facing Miami. Yep. Uh, you know, to, to, to your point about Tua, it looks like he probably will not have Jalen Model dealing with a high ankle injury, so that would be uh, if he can if he can lift that Dolphins offense without one of his two key key playmakers, that would be a, a huge victory for him. But, you know, it, I think it comes down to Sunday because if the Ravens win this, then that is probably Lamar's last game of the, of the regular season. I don't think you throw him out there in week, week 18 against Pittsburgh. Um, you know, and this is a top five Dolphins defense basically since they, they played the Chiefs in like week eight or week nine. So uh, for as vaunted a test as that 49ers game was, uh, this is another, you know, potential game of the week type scenario. This is going to be a really, really – ferocious uh, Dolphins defense. I think they're second in the league in sacks. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Javon Holland, if he's healthy, are two of the NFL's best defensive backs. So, um, Lamar, if he has another, you know, pretty close to flawless game like he did against San Francisco, I think he's going to have uh, he's going to have to be an overwhelming favorite to win the MVP because he will have gone 4-0 against one of the toughest end-of-season stretches in the NFL. It's too bad this game's at noon. <laughs> it's like the best game. It's like the hey, best man, game ever. I don't want to be out there on New Year's Eve at like eleven o'clock. I'm happy with eleven o'clock kickoff. I, I know you guys aren't, but it's fine for me. No, I'm, I'm sure you are. I'm actually okay with it because we can sit and watch this game before the Chiefs game. So I mean, it's one of those things <laughs> because I mean, it's a great game. And Miami, you know, certainly they're right there too. The Chiefs, we've seen Miami up close and personal, and you know, the Chiefs beat them in Germany, but. Are you buying into the Dolphins? I know they finally had a win over a winning team in the in the Cowboys uh, last week. Are you buying into them? Yeah, I think I'm a little bit more bullish on them than the than the NFL consensus. Obviously, you know I'm fully aware of the the whole beating up on you know poor teams narrative, which is obviously something that the Cowboys uh, are also guilty of, or just not being able to, to win on the road. 
but like I said, I really like their defense. Uh, their offense gave the Ravens all kinds of trouble. Uh, in week two last year, that was the game where they scored like 24 points in the fourth quarter to to pull, to pull ahead of the Ravens and really hand them a, a shocking uh, upset loss. So, uh, you know, Tua, if he can be fooled by this Ravens defense, I think it could be a long afternoon for at least that, that Dolphins offense. But I think they're good enough. I think Tyreek Hill is scary enough. Two is accurate enough. And if this offensive line is healthy enough, then uh, you know Miami's rushing offense, especially with how they like to get out wide, could really give the, give the Ravens some trouble. Because if there was one possible vulnerability for this Ravens defense, it is their run game. Christian McCaffrey had a healthy yards per carry average on Monday night. And you know with Mostert and, and, and A-Chain, uh, I think the Dolphins could possibly do similar damage to the Ravens. Jonas, you're the best man. I love talking draft with you. I love talking football with you. I do think it's funny that uh, you had tweeted out say you said the most the most viewed game in Ravens regular season history, the Ravens 49ers game, twenty over twenty seven million viewers, second most watched Monday night football game in twenty seven years, trailing only the Chiefs and Eagles in week eleven. Uh we, we were talking about what a monster uh the NFL is and why they should pay the officials full time. Uh, because everybody's watching it. <laughs> this is just further proof, but the, the most watched Ravens game ever against the Niners. Boy, that was uh, f- fun to get home after watching a terrible Chiefs game and watch. And get, get some rest who don't trip over themselves in the end zone. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> how about that? How about the uh, how about the scripted uh, official trip of Lamar Jackson? That was uh, that was uh, that was very fitting. Jonas, happy New Year to you, my friend. Take care, and uh, maybe we'll talk uh, down the road if Chiefs and Ravens meet up. Sounds good, man. Appreciate right. it. Happy New Year to you. You too. Thank you very much. But anyway, that was the most watched. Remember earlier, uh, JT, we're talking about. You know, these part-time, well, they're part-time officials that are, you know, nonprofit CEOs, sales managers, uh, sales reps, assistant principals, uh, high school basketball uh, assistants. Um, yeah, this is what the NFL does. The uh, second most watched in 27 years with, again, all these options you have on TV, but the monster that the NFL was on Christmas Day. And, of course, uh, with the Chiefs, and the Eagles earlier this season. And, uh, yeah, it's time to finally start hiring them. But uh, the Ravens, yeah. I look at the Ravens. See, obviously, it's not even a question at this point. I thought coming in the year, this was the scary team to watch. Like, this is the team to watch. I still had put the Bills on that first tier with the Chiefs. Obviously, that would change first tiers at this point. I don't know if I want to put Buffalo up. They're not. Again, they're, they're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They're so good and so bad. So good, so bad. But the Ravens certainly deserve it. To yeah, they their, definitely their deserve it. They definitely deserve it. They've been consistent ever since they lost to the Browns. They've been consistent ever since then. They're head and shoulders just above anybody else, but how about that taking six quarterbacks out of the game? This defense is nasty, man. They personally took Brock Purdy out of the MVP race with the four interceptions on him. 14 points they won that game by. And again, you talk about separation and you talk about doing things. This team... The fact they've beaten seven teams by 14-plus points, all of those teams above 500. Houston, Cleveland, Detroit, Seattle, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and beaten Frisco by 14 on the road. That should have been worse and could have been worse than that final score would be. Uh, But no team in NFL history has more than five regular season wins, 14-plus, against teams that finish with a winning record. That's insane. The way they've been playing – 
The way they've gone out there, their defense has been good. Clowney has been so surprising. I didn't think I would see Clowney be the disruptive as he's been. And remember, they traded away one of their best pass rushers last year to the Bears. And so it's quite uh, – no, the Bears traded their best pass rusher to them. So it's quite astonishing to see what this team is doing. Like you said, they lost Marcus Peters, but everyone's been stepping up. And on the offense, even with injuries, they've looked really well. And I think the real question is, because obviously this is your hurdle. If you're a Chiefs fan, this this is your hurdle. That's the, it's the This team, <laughs> the fourth in scoring offense, number one in scoring defense. You're going to have to beat them on the road. Baltimore is one of the best fan bases as far as loud stadiums in the NFL. It's right there with, with Kansas City. It's right below, I put them below Kansas City and then Buffalo as far as the AFC is concerned, but they're right there. Alex, who's uh, at the sports book at Hollywood Casino, uh, was at that game, uh, Ravens and Chiefs. And, the, and the, he's bad luck, too, because the Chiefs lost that, that game the last time Gold was in, in Baltimore. But he can tell you how loud that stadium was. And he was. also went to the Packers game. Wow. He was in Lambeau Field when they lost to the Packers this year. I didn't think about that. I thought Cody was the uh, bad luck. It's Gold. Definitely been Gold. Huh. I didn't realize that. So find out what game Gold's going to and bet the opposite way. It's like it. We got to do start doing that. The betting show also out there tonight, too. Make sure you stop by Hollywood Casino. New sports book. It's exciting. This is why we need to get the officiating right. The NFL makes too much money. Way too much. To have assistant principals reffing games. And then that college crap that went on last night. 27 penalties between Kansas and UNLV in the guaranteed rate bowl. Are you kidding me? What the playoff game? Anyway, thanks to Jonas Schaefer from Baltimore uh, joining us. Thank you uh, to Ron Kopp as well. Thank you, JT Noah, for once again another fantastic edition. We will see you guys again bright and early tomorrow. Good afternoon. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.